Hey, Yogi, Sarah Burchard here, and you are listening to Yoga Unplugged Conversations, a show dedicated to helping you make tough life decisions so you can lead a happier, healthier life. Today, we are talking about manifestation, how to manifest the career and life of your dreams. Now, I want to be clear, manifesting is not magic, but it is magical. And what I mean by that is that we cannot simply rely on telling ourselves that we are going to achieve our goal. There still needs to be elements of planning and hard work involved. But when you do combine the power of positive self-talk, commitment, and a few other elements that we will touch on today, the results can sometimes appear otherworldly. Opportunities start to appear as if dropped from the sky. You meet exactly the right people at exactly the right time. Suddenly, your dreams are your reality. I find there is a fine line between working towards a goal and trusting that the universe has your back. I think it takes both. And this idea is what we are going to explore today. My guest today is Sarah Hill. She is a lawyer and the CEO of the wildly successful restaurant group, Handcrafted, sister restaurant group to the infamous Merriman's Restaurant Group. Peter Merriman is one of the 12 founding fathers of Hawaii Regional Cuisine, a movement that put Hawaii on the map in the 80s for their elevated fusion cuisine with farm-to-table sensibility. Handcrafted restaurants includes Moku Kitchen, Monkey Pod Kitchen, which has three locations, and the Beach House on Kauai. Sarah is a master manifester, one of the most brilliant and funniest women I know. And what I love about her most is that she comprises an equal blend of business savvy and spiritual awareness and shows up with both no matter what the circumstances. I can't think of a more perfect guest to talk to about this topic than her. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. What high praise. I will uh, do my absolute best to, uh, to live up to that uh, very warm welcome. <laughs> I want to start, if I may, by asking you if you would share a bit about your journey and how manifestation has played a role in where you are today in both your personal and professional life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have, a, I have an interesting relationship with, with manifesting, and it's one that has been very, very productive for me for a long time, and also one that I almost hold judgment over in, in some ways. So I... I you know, kind of get cynical about manifesting sometimes. And I'm like, oh, people need to quit, quit focusing on, on what they, you know, on manifesting money or on cars, like that's not real, but you can really use, um, you know, manifesting the principles of manifesting to help you achieve the, the life of your absolute dreams. So the way that, that manifesting first kind of appeared in my, in my life is, is through my mom. And she has a really deep and, and beautiful spiritual practice and um, introduced the, the concept of manifesting to me and, and all of my siblings years and years ago. And, you know, the, she had me read the secret when the secret was all the fad. And um, I, while I firmly believe in so many of those principles, I also, uh, you know, my, the other brain and ego side of me became very uh, cynical about a, you know, just make a vision board and put a million dollars on it and you'll win the lottery. It's great. <laughs> right. Do it. But, you know, I, I was like, you know, what, what does it hurt to give this stuff a try, you know? And so 
there are so many points in my life from when I met my husband to um, when I got into law school to when I moved to Hawaii and stumbled into the, the dream job I didn't know I wanted. And mm-hmm. even extremely recently when I bought a home and, you know, all of these uh, different kind of pivotal, pivotal times that manifesting has been a huge part of, of my path. So I really have my mother to, uh, to thank for, for introducing that concept to me and helping me to understand how when you deeply know and believe what, what is on you know, the right path for your soul, that if you take concrete steps to achieve that and work hard towards those goals, the universe will literally conspire to help you. You know, the, the universe is conspiring at all times and the universe is always listening to your thoughts, to your words, to your actions and everything you think becomes what you say and what you say becomes how you behave and how you behave becomes your habits and you know, that's who you are. So if you, at the very core of manifesting is really just this, you know, this charge to look at what you think and check your thoughts and think things in a way that are going to help you develop down the line the habits that are going to be consistent with the the life that that you really want to create so on a more concrete level you know i would say you know all of those kind of milestones along the way have been certainly used kind of this trusting and manifesting kind of process to to really take each of those steps. So the the fun story I always tell about my, my current position is when I was in law school, you know, law school's rough, um, but I chose to go down that path because it's something that I just, I knew that I would regret not doing. So I was in law school and I wasn't super thrilled with the prospect of uh, being a real lawyer long-term, but I was like, you know, this is just what serious people do. It's a, you know, this is honorable, respectable, you know, I can make change and do good, you know, if I, if I do this. And, but when I was in law school, I would cook all the time and I loved to, you know, this is when the food network was just getting popular, <laughs> which seems cliche now, but you know, it was like uh, food and cooking were like my lifeline during law school. You know, I got to do something with my hands. I got to create. I got to, you know, taste. And, and you know, it was, it was just such a meaningful outlet to me. And I, I'd worked at, you know, this terrible Mexican restaurant in college, but I loved that job just because of the, the way you get to interact with people. And it's a really fun environment. And so I would joke during law school when people are like, oh, what kind of law do you want to do? I'd be like, oh, um you know, do restaurants have lawyers? Ha ha. You know, like I just love food. Like I want to be around food. I like the people who choose to be in that type of environment, but I totally didn't think that that was a real thing at all. And uh, my husband is a doctor. He was graduating from med school at the time. And we had decided to rank Hawaii as uh, number one for his residency choice and managed to get it. And in that last semester of law school, you know, we knew we were going to be moving to Hawaii. We were so excited. And I, I put a background on my law sc- on my laptop that was, I had no idea what it was at the time, but just Googled, you know, photo of Hawaii <laughs> to get me through that bleak. Some palm trees and a beach. <laughs> yes, yes. And it it turns out that that picture was a picture of the, the Mokalua Islands. You know, it was like Lanikai Beach looking at the Mokes. And 
so it was like the whole whole last uh, last semester of law school. I was looking at this picture of the Mokes on the background of my laptop and you know, joking like, oh man, I really don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know anybody in Hawaii. You know, <laughs> my dream gig that I didn't think existed at all was, was working with a restaurant group, right? So we get out to Hawaii. I'm, I'm just doing my best to channel my, my manifesting and trusting techniques and say, you know what, whatever is going to come is going to come. It's going to be fine. You know, it feels like being in this place is the right place to be and everything's gonna it's I'm just gonna trust that it's gonna come together and you know lo and behold within two weeks of getting to Hawaii we had found a house in Kailua you know steps away from that exact from view the mokes, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know got a car and and uh, happened to find a job um, being an, an executive uh, assistant to um, my now boss, Bill Terry, who um, was the CEO of Monkey Pot Kitchen and handcrafted restaurants at the time and got to join the group um, and open uh, the first Monkey Pod restaurant in Colina or on Oahu, who was our second Monkey Pod restaurant. But monkey pot kitchen over in Colina that was opening my first restaurant and you know when I took the job I was kind of like oh I mean this is amazing it's incredible like I, I was obsessed with the group and you know the idea of everything you know that Peter brings being connected to the islands you know honoring our local products in order to have the absolute best food and taste and flavors and just creating these like amazing environments for people visiting Hawaii to really show off you know the bounty of, of our islands and you know, I kind of thought it was going to be like the the thing that filled the time until I took the bar exam and became a real lawyer. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> Little did you know. Little did I know. Um, you know, it's turned into you know just one of the the most incredible and meaningful um, experiences of my life um, over the past seven years. So, you know, that's not to say that there wasn't so much hard work and dedication and uh, a lot of leaps of faith. You know, not many people who are recently graduated from law school would have taken a job as a, uh, you know, assistant to, to somebody in a restaurant group, you know, that's not a traditional path at all, but it just felt so right to me. And I was like, all right, we're just going to trust that this is a, you know, and I, when I interviewed with, with my boss originally, he was like, you know, what I really need is a, a VP and, you know, maybe you could grow into that position. And, you know, that would be a real opportunity to kind of use the skill set I had grown in, in law school and you know and so it's just kind of this like perfect confluence of of opportunity and you know being willing to take a chance both from his perspective from my perspective and just being willing to trust that the universe was gonna was gonna take care of me too you know yeah. well, let's have the universe yeah. conversation <laughs> let's do it. um i want to talk about the idea of the universe having your back because many people think this idea is woo woo yeah yeah, but definitely. when you start living with a higher level of awareness and are actively trying to manifest your goals, you start to notice that, like you said, the universe is indeed conspiring with you. Yeah. You start to see that everything in life is connected and we're actually, we really are all one and the same. And yeah. if that's true then it's not just the universe that is conspiring with you, but it's also you who is conspiring with you. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I think it's like a, you know, you can call it whatever you want. You know, it's, it's like the language that I have isn't, it, it isn't appropriate and it, it, 
<clears throat> it's almost like you can't find a word that works for everyone. You know, it's like some people want to say the universe. Some people want to say God. Some people want to say me, me and I. And, and any of those things, I think, work. And a lot of people don't want to trust it no matter what it is. But and frankly, I didn't want to trust it either. You know, I was like, my mom's this woo-woo crazy person. Like, I <laughs> be rational. Like, I like facts. But the thing is, is that like, if you start trying it, you know, just see what you find, you know? Right. And, you know, you don't have to, it, it's really hard to trust things that aren't uh, visual and measurable or subject to a double-blind academic study. But, you know, it's like a the way I see it is either you can wait around for somebody else to do a double blind, you know, massive uh, study on something, or you can just try it in your own life and see if it helps you or not. And there's absolutely nothing that can go wrong if you try this stuff in your own life. Absolutely. The only thing that can happen is that you could maybe think about something differently. You could view something differently. You could notice something that you didn't notice before you know, but there's, there's no downside. So call it whatever you want. You know, maybe it's your subconscious, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's God, maybe it's, you know, the, maybe it's aliens, you know, who yeah. knows? <laughs> and, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, you know, of, of talking positively and seeing what happens, I hear a lot of people say things like, nothing ever goes my way. It's just one bad thing after another. And they're right. Because by telling themselves and others these things, they're willing it to be true. A hundred percent. Yeah, go ahead. It starts with your thoughts. It becomes your words. Your words become your actions. And, and all of those things dictate, you know, when you're saying those words out loud, that dictates how other people view you and how other people treat you. And then you, you behave in a way that's consistent with negative things coming and nothing ever happens my way and I'm terrible and, you know, I'm never enough. You know, when you tell yourself those stories over and over, you, be, you begin to believe them. Mm -hmm. You know, at first you're just trying to stay small. You know, it's like, it's like that Marianne Williamson quote, you know, um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Yes. It is our light, not our darkness that frightens us most. And Mm -hmm. I, I so sincerely believe that. And, you know, Brene Brown calls it the gremlins, you know, it's like <laughs> the gremlins that tell you that you're not enough and that, that nothing ever works out for you and that everything goes wrong. And, but it's just fear, you know, it's just, and, and, but when you can recognize it, when you can say, oh, that's the gremlins talking and choose to trust and choose to say, this isn't going the way I wanted it to right now in this moment, but how can I open up to a different perspective? How can I use this as an opportunity to breathe through it, to grow through it, to try a different you know, action? Because a lot of times I think the people who say things, things never go my way and it's always terrible, they're not trying different things, you know? Yes. And so, you know, what's the different definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Result, right? Yes. So when things keep not going your way, you, you don't just say, oh, things never go my way. You say, how can I meet this differently? How can I look at it, at this differently? You know, like you said, manifesting isn't magic, but it can be magical. And it gives you, you know, there's an infinite amount of opportunity out there to 
grow to become and experience whatever whatever it is that that you need and want to experience to grow right and if you're looking for the negatives you're just setting yourself up for failure and you're limiting your possibilities and you know and this isn't to say that like terrible accidents don't happen or you're gonna walk through life unscathed just because you think positively all the time but it's your mindset when it comes to these things that determines the ultimate outcome Yep. And I strongly believe that you are a product of your thoughts and your decisions and what you think and believe determines your experience and how you talk to yourself determines your capabilities. And essentially you create the world that you tell yourself you live in. You create your own reality. That's been the, <laughs> back to my mom again, that's been, that's been the mantra for, for decades for me at this point, you know, yeah. is create your own reality. So ask yourself at every moment, how am I creating my reality right now? And how can I create a different reality if I don't like the reality that I'm, that I'm currently creating? Yeah. I mean, like you said, you have to be open to be able to see seemingly bad things as opportunities. And, you know, like you lose your job instead of feeling scared or defeated, you see it as an opportunity to up level or, You get really sick. And instead of wallowing in pain, you take the opportunity to get yourself healthy. Yep. So bad stuff is going to happen, but what's the growth opportunity out of, out of the bad? You know, like you're saying, you know, if it's that you get sick, like, cool, I can learn to heal myself. That's a, that's an opportunity. I can learn to empathize with other people who are in this situation. You know, if it's, you lose your job, it's, well, maybe that job wasn't great. Maybe I didn't actually like that job. You know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a better thing for me and for my family, you know, around. And even if you did like the job, like there might What's be something you job? like even more, you know, yeah. that you would have never known if you were just to go along and keep working yeah. that job and, you know, never even looking for anything else. Yeah. I think when you start to open yourself to any and every possibility that life has to offer, instead of pointing out the negatives, that's when things like synchronicity oh. happens and your ideal job falls into your lap, you know, you meet your soulmate, you know, like... These are like the amazing things that happens when you just stay open and curious. Well, and I think a big part of it too is deserving. So, mm. and, and you've kind of mentioned that too in the, in the way you talk to yourself. But if you say, if you just say like, I want, I want, I want, but you're actually telling yourself like, you're, you know, you're small, you don't deserve anything, you've done bad things, you know, no one could ever love you you're not good enough to do that job. You're not, you know, you're not whatever enough, or you need to do this before, Mm -hmm. you know, you're creating all of these conditions that, that are not going to allow you to see the opportunities in front of you, or that are not going to enable you to, to take advantage of them. And really they're just excuses for you not to do it, for you not to take that leap and be brave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think, you know, one of the, the bravest, bravest things is to really get real with yourself and say, okay, I'm saying I want this, but how do I feel right now? Like, do I feel that I deserve it? And do I, what's standing in the way of me feeling that way? And if I got that thing, how would it feel then? Like, and how do I, does it make me feel open? Does it make me feel free? You know, what is it that I'm really chasing? And before I have that thing or that, you know, that job or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, 
that you're wanting to, to bring in, how can you bring more of that feeling into your life that you think that it's going to create in your life? Yeah, such a great point. So I want to talk a little bit about the restaurant business. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you and I both know, I mean, for listeners who might not know, I was in the restaurant business for over a dozen years and it's tough. I mean, there's always issues to deal with every day. It's very challenging to make a profit on a consistent basis and it's mentally and physically exhausting work. Yeah. And it's super easy in these cases to start feeling like a victim and to only see these things as negative instead of opportunities. I'm curious, like what advice do you give to your team when they start to burn out, are no longer taking ownership of their experience and stop manifesting positive things for the restaurant and for themselves? Well, you know, there are a couple things. And and I think that, you know, it's a couple things that apply to any industry. You know, first off is that when people get in situations of stress and, and basically in a restaurant, every single shift is just this like, it's this like, it's self-flagellation, right? It's like, it's, a, <laughs> it's all it's, stress. It's all stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you have to be a glutton for punishment to, uh, <laughs> to work in a restaurant every day. But it's also this like, when, when you're under acute stress like that, you become really myopic. You know, you, you are only focused on what's right in front of you and you're not focused on the big picture. And for some people, that's part of why they love it. Because when you're in that environment every single day, you only have to focus what's on in front of what's in front of you instead of on the bigger picture. And the bigger picture of restaurants and so many industries is that it's just, you know, aside from food allergies, which I'm not dismissing, it's very serious, but it's, it's very rarely life and death, you know? And so we get really worked up over cheeseburgers and beer, you know, and when you <laughs> yeah. step back, it sounds crazy. I know. Um, and, and so, you know, one of the, one of the, the mantras that we have is, 11 o'clock will always come, which means, you know, the day's always going to end, you know, it's the, yeah. this will pass. But I think one of the, the biggest things that I really, I like to try to help people do is take a step back and step outside of what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. my, both of my parents and my husband are, are doctors. And so for me, I, I'm just always so grateful that our problems are, are cheeseburgers and beer, you know, and, and that's certainly an oversimplification. And, you know, there's all kinds of, um, you know, very serious things that that can come up in restaurants. So I'm not a, I'm not a trying to diminish anybody's experience or, or my own even in, in dealing with those, um, situations that come up, but, you know, babies aren't, babies' lives aren't in our hands every day. And, you know, we're not having to to tell somebody that their their grandparent, you know, passed away or diagnosing them with, you know, a life-threatening illness. And a lot of what we experience as stress is a choice. You know, it's this like you have to you have to be able to kind of step outside of that and see the perspective. And that's not to say that we don't have a very serious, you know, responsibility to, you know, our owners, to our shareholders, to our employees, to our community, to be able to 
you know, create enterprises that are sustainable and support all of these different needs and, you know, pay back our banks and pay our rent to our landlords and, and all of these things. But, you know, you have to bring perspective to, to any industry and anything. And one of the beautiful things I think about our industry in particular is that there, it is founded on teamwork and on hospitality. And, you know, you are only as good as the people next to you. And, and that means that you have this whole team around you who is there to support you and who you can be there to support when you're getting through those, those tough, tough shifts every night, you know, you're getting, you know, you've gotten caught with your pants down or <laughs> something literally catches on fire or, <laughs> you know, the, some, you know, some new, new greeter accidentally uh, took a 50 top and a 20 top at the same time. You know, whatever it is, and everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off and, you know, some guest has uh, slipped and fallen and, you know, it's just a madhouse. And yeah you know, there's a, there's certainly stuff that, uh, that comes up, but we are, we have this like beautiful opportunity. What we get to do every day is, is nourish people and people come to restaurants for connection and for joy to have fun, you know, booze and great food and, you know, live music, like those are fun things. And so, you know, we have this beautiful opportunity to share people's you know, celebrations and their most special days. You know, we, sh we share birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and baby announcements and, you know, all of these, all of these things, even, even just, you know, your routine date night or night out with friends. Like it's the moments that, that people are, are joining us for joyful experiences to treat themselves, to, to have fun. And so it's, so often we just have to step outside of our heads and step outside of the pressure and remember like we have this you know this phenomenal opportunity to to touch people's lives to help each other grow to be supported and you know at the end of the day 11 o'clock is going to come and it's going to make a great story you know yes. I think everybody in the restaurant industry has got a got a book worth of a Oh yeah. Well, that's what shift beers are for, is for yeah. recapping all of the horrible things that happened that day. Yeah. <laughs> and all your wins too, you know? Yes. But, yes. And what beautiful community time is that, you know? Yeah. Like everybody's sitting around at the end of a crazy night, having a beer and being like, oh my God, can you believe what happened? That was nuts. This mm -hmm. one lady was crazy or, you know, whatever, you know, there's, there's always these. Um, these yeah. And I think, you know, that's, it's, it's all about perspective at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And, and it is easy to fall into the trap of seeing these challenges as being, God, man, it's just one thing after another. It's like, well, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> your job is to, to like figure out those one thing after another's and, and get through them. Like that's what you're hired to do. So it's going to be something, right? It's yeah going to be something, you know, in the medical industry, you, you have one patient who's sick and then another one who's sick. Everybody, yeah. people don't show up and say, I'm feeling great, doc. Thank you so much. <laughs> like people come to you when they're sick, you know, in, there's always 
I don't know if you're if you're in the stock market, you know, the market's always doing crazy stuff, right? There's something unexpected, no matter what industry you are in, is always going to happen. And so how can you meet these circumstances that you know are going to happen? There's always going to be in, in our business, there's always going to be someone who calls out. There's always going to be a crazy guest issue. You're always going to accidentally burn somebody's food or, you know, whatever it is The the staff's going to get into drama or you're going to, you know, somebody's going to complain about something or whatever accidents happen. And, but it's how you choose to meet those situations and how you choose to, to view them that is going to define your experience. So once you, it's always going to be something, how do you want to live? You always have a choice in how you respond to external circumstances. Always. Yeah. Yeah, you You don't always have a choice about what those circumstances are but you always have a choice about how you respond to them right yeah i mean you can be angry or you can be compassionate you can have limiting beliefs about something or you can open your mind you know you know i think that our past plays a huge role in how we perceive these things and talk to ourselves and it's it's really hard to think positively and believe you can manifest things or see the upside of things or see challenges as opportunities if you're still bogged down with past trauma and and emotional baggage that you haven't dealt with yet big time and I think that's a really interesting one too you know and I certainly don't have a don't have all the answers for it but I will say that you know I I noticed this I feel like I'm talking about my mom a lot here but I noticed this in my mom is that I noticed that she was always working on manifesting more money to come in so that you know for amazing lovely purposes and for her business to be successful in whatever way it was but I was noticing in her that she had a real like a, a belief around money that was you have to work harder to deserve more And when I noticed that, I was like, oh man, you know, my dad has that and my grandparents have that too. And, and I was like, oh, I definitely have that belief also, you know? And so, but when you have to really, when you have to, you have to look at that and say, okay, well, I'm overwhelmed and I, I can't work any more or harder than I am working whatever, you know, role you're in there's humans have the same amount of time in the day, no matter what, right. It's a thousand four hundred and forty minutes or something like that. You know, it's like there are 2,080 working hours in a year at a 40 hour work week or something, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. we, we all have the exact same amount of time in life. And some people can move through that time with greater ease. And some people can make a ton of money in the same amount of time that somebody else can make very little money and they can be working the exact same amount, right? They can both be working super hard. So what's the difference and how do you approach the the mindset of if you have this limiting belief of I have to work harder to get more money or to deserve more money or to earn more money, you know, basically the, I have to work as hard for my millionth penny as for my first penny, Mm -hmm. but you only have a finite amount of time how are you going to possibly do that? You know, mm-hmm. so you have to, you have to, I think, be aware of some of these, these beliefs and looking at how your past trauma has, and even your, you know, your parental issues or looking at other people who have 
trauma in the way that you do and saying, okay, what are their limiting beliefs and do I have that? And, you know, they may be these mild things. And, you know, like for me and my family, we have a value that working hard is really important. And and that's a value that's very prevalent in our culture. And so it's not a, it's not even a negative thing at all. But I realized that that was creating situations in me where I felt like I had to work more and more and more and harder and harder and harder and smarter and smarter and smarter in order to deserve what I was already getting and to, you know, be able to be what I needed, what I felt I needed to be for the people around me. And so when you kind of start noticing those things, you can name them and naming them is a first start at least <laughs> to figuring out how to address and, and shift those beliefs. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is all part of, you know, personal development. And when you start exactly. working on, when you start working on your stuff basically, and then, and then you start using tools and start thinking about it in ways through. And it's why a lot of people who, do a lot of personal development are oftentimes people who are manifesting things in their life and who are the ones who are thinking positively and about all possible outcomes. And, and, you know, I will say like, there is, there is certainly like this part of me that's like, you know, I feel there's like this privilege part of me that's like, oh man, I am so privileged to have the you know, the ability, the time, the means to do personal development work, you know, like I, I, I just, ha I have the resources to be able to spend time doing that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that, you know, I've been extremely lucky in, in who I am and where, you know, where I have had the opportunity to, to go in my life. But I think that everybody, you know, the, the cool thing about personal development work is that, it's, it's personal, you know, it's free. It's anybody can go check out a book at the library. Anybody can start noticing how they think and start watching their thoughts. You know, it's not just for, you know, people who, you know, can afford to go to a fancy yoga studio seven days a week or, you know, that, uh, it, or something like that. You know, it's a, it really is, it really is accessible, but um, I don't want to sound like I'm a, I'm always trying to be conscious of it, sounding like I'm like, oh, you know, like I, I come from a really loving home and um, I've had a lot of opportunity in my life. And so there's, you know, this, this dichotomy there, but I think it's, it, everybody's got something to learn and everybody's got an opportunity to grow. So, yeah, uh, you know, where can you learn? Where can you keep? Right. Keep I want to talk a little bit about the difference between manifesting and you know living with intention and trying to control the future Ooh, yeah yeah so i think that what happens with a lot of people is that they think of manifesting as like a task that they check off a to-do list like if i do yeah. this then the outcome i want will happen and first of all the outcome is rarely ever what you think or expect it's going to be yeah. And, and if you aren't seeing the results you want, you have to have the patience to let destiny run its course and accept that whatever happens was meant to be. Yep. And when challenges arise and you don't see the results you want, it's really easy to panic and revert to what revert back to what feels safe and try to start controlling things again. Definitely. 
forgetting that, you know, challenges are an opportunity for growth. So what do you say to people when you see that they're getting impatient and start making choices based on fear and trying to control the future instead of opening themselves up to all possibilities? Well, I, you know, I think that the first thing you can do is, is say exactly what you just said, like, Hey, like I'm noticing that this is what's happening. You know, it seems like you're trying to control, you're getting really attached and fearful. And, you know, as a Frank A. Bear says in, uh, in Dune, a fantastic sci-fi book, fear is the mind killer and fear is the most um, controlling force in so many people's lives. And so when you, when you meet those, you know, the universe will test you or you will test yourself. You know, you're going to come up against the same situation that's always produced the same result for you. And the challenge is if you want a different result, you have to meet that, that situation differently. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to be ready in that moment. You can't just say, I want this thing. I want this thing. And then do the exact same thing and be like, well, I didn't get the thing, you know, why not? (laughs) Two weeks ago and then it then it was hard and then I didn't get it when I when I wanted to. Yeah. You, know, you have to you have to meet it halfway. You have to do the work too. You're, you've got the opportunity in front of you to shift something. But I, I think a big part is there are two other things. There's one non-attachment is that you cannot be super attached to the exact outcome of what you think you want. And then the other thing is that you have to be careful what you wish for because you might get it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, and, and sometimes I think that, you know, you have to, instead of thinking about what it is you want, you need to think about how it is that you want to feel differently and give your, you know, work backwards from there, you know, maybe you think that, you know, this is just some basic example. Maybe you're like, oh man, I really want, really want this super fancy car. And it's, um, you know, car that's crazy out of your price range. And even if you had, you know, say it's a hundred thousand dollar car. And even if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account right now, is that really what you would actually spend that money on? You know, just because you could get it. Do you actually, is that what you actually want to do with that cash? You know? (laughs) Yeah. But why do you want that car? What is it that what is it that that you think it's going to do for you? You know, is it going to make you feel like you've been successful? Is it going to make you feel like people respect and admire you? Is it going to, you know, make you feel free because it goes so fast and you can drive anywhere you want? You know, what is it that 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 you're really looking for? So, when you get attached to the outcome, you know, you're going to be like, "Well, I went to the car dealership and they, they wouldn't give me the loan for that crazy expensive car I want. So the universe isn't listening. It doesn't work. You know, nothing ever happens. And, and that's, that's this like attachment to the thing. And that's where I get cynical about, about manifesting sometimes too, is that you, you can't be attached to the exact thing. You need to be aware of what it is that, that you're trying to cultivate more of in your life. Why do you want that thing? Because sometimes you know, if you're, if you're really aware of what it is that you want more of, if you want more freedom, if you want more feeling of success or whatever, and, and that's what you focus on more, the universe may not let you get that Ferrari that you want, you know, or plop a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account so you can buy it just out of thin air, but it may give you phenomenal opportunities to get more of those 
qualities that you're actually seeking to produce more of in your life. But if you just get super attached to the thing or to the outcome, you're not even going to notice the opportunities to actually cultivate what it, what it is that you really want. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and along the vein of, of, you know, be careful what you wish for too, is people want these things. And then when it finally happens, a lot of people will self-sabotage themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they got the thing that they wanted and instead of celebrating it and being content, then they start looking for something else to go wrong or, you know, something else that didn't come through and it keeps them stuck, you know, in this, in this spiral. Well, and I think that's part of the deserving piece too, right? Like Mm. it, you don't feel that you deserve what it is you wish for, even if you get the thing or, or accomplish the feeling or what the milestone or, you know, whatever, cultivate more of the feeling. It's not going to land with you. It's not going to stick. You're not going to feel like it, it, it did what you actually were hoping it would do. Right. Yeah. So, and then you, you may self-sabotage it. You may lose it because you don't feel like you, like you deserve it or like you're worth having whatever, you know, the thing or the job or, or the person, you know, is that you've, that you've brought in. So you, it's still just this, it's, it's a real mental game that is going deep to figure out, you know, how can I, how can I work on myself? How can I be more open? How can I meet the same situation in a different way with a different attitude over and over and over again? And, you know, little by little things start to shift. Yeah. I think that you know, I just, I want to like continue to talk about like little tips that we have and have a couple, but you know, I just, I want to emphasize to listeners again, that like manifesting feels like magic, but it's not all magic. Yeah. And, and so it's like a combination of things that are emotional, spiritual, and practical that can create your destiny. To put it bluntly, you have to still make shit happen. (laughs) You create your own reality. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first tips that I have is being clear on what it is that you are trying to manifest. What is it that you actually want to come true? And, you know, your tips on looking at values and what you want to feel on that is a really good way to start. And if you're not clear, then that's the time when you go and play and you go inward and you discover these things that you're passionate about and that you really want that, that are giving you those feelings that you want. And that could take a long time. It could take years for some people. I mean, I know from experience that it can, but once you're clear on what you want, the next part for me to manifest that thing is to share it with other people. So, yeah. yeah. So this does two things. One, when you're clear with people on what it is you want and need, it makes it easier for them to help you. Again, you're allowing the universe to conspire with you. Yep. And two, you tell others what they can expect from you, which creates an obligation for you to hold that promise, not only to them, but also to yourself. Yeah. Which motivates yeah. you to succeed. Definitely. Definitely. It's, you know, there's like some, there's some, you know, statistic about the the success rate of goals that are written down versus goals that are just like internally held or verbally mm-hmm. said. It's kind of that same sort of thing. You know, it's the accountability system, the, the buddy system. Mm-hmm. If you say it out loud to somebody else, that's a really different 
level of commitment, you know, because there's like a, a little bit of guilt that can be really motivating. You know, it's like, you don't want to, if you say it out loud to somebody, you don't want to let yourself down and you don't want to, you don't want to let yourself down in their eyes if you don't follow through with, um, with what you say you're working towards. Yeah, right? And I think that's totally healthy. Yeah, exactly. Not, not to, yeah, just a little bit, right? Like, yeah, you don't be consumed by it, but it can be really motivating. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. What, I mean, what are some of the other ways that you can think of to manifest the things that you want? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's way more of a really like inward process. I love the, I love that talking to somebody else about it thing though. I think that's awesome. For me, I really, it's a, and, and I don't wait too long to figure out what it is that I want. If, it, if, if there's something in my life that I'm like, man, this just isn't working for me. If it's, I'm too busy and I want to create more ease, or if I'm feeling, you know, constricted in some way, it'll be in my morning meditation or something. I'll just sit down and okay, okay, how can I, what is it that I'm, is causing me disconnection or dis-ease right now? And how can I breathe through that in this moment? And what is it that I want to cultivate? So if it's that I want to cultivate more ease or more joy or abundance so that I feel more freedom from worry or whatever it is, I sit there and I say, okay, you know, if I had more money, I would feel more uh, free. So what does freedom feel like for me? Like, oh man, okay, great. Like tell myself that in this moment, I don't have to worry about money at all whoa and like sit there and really feel that what is feeling like that feeling like you don't have to worry about money at all feel like and it's like whoo this is awesome and you say okay i'm calling that in and even when it feels when the real world makes me feel constricted when i get that traffic ticket that i wasn't expecting and that 150 bucks is you know feels huge and hard how can you breathe through that and say, okay, I, I'm trusting that freedom and abundance aren't going to be cut off because of this. And just because this happened doesn't mean that those feelings can't be mine. So for me, it's this, this inward process of, okay, I'm, I'm too busy. I need more ease. What does ease feel like? Ease feels like freedom. I'm going to sit here and feel freedom. And I'm going to really let that wash through me and wash over me. And I'm going to feel in the, in the in-between moments when I'm driving to work, when I'm, you know, walking the dogs at night, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to feel what does freedom feel like in this moment and just keep breathing into how can I feel that feeling more, even if my, you know, I've got way too much going on and, you know, there are a lot of obligations out there and the world feels like it's crumbling. If I chose to feel freedom in this moment, what would that feel like instead of what I'm actually feeling? And that's, that's just embodying what you want and living as if it is already happening, as if it's already your life, which I think is a great manifesting tool. Instead of saying, I'm trying to be this, I'm trying to get more freedom no, no. Just saying, it's- I am free. And just like, I, I already live that now. And just live as if. Because yeah. if you live as if, then you're living it. <laughs> yeah. And hey, look, you got it. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> 
wow, turns out, you, you know, your, your mind is what's keeping you small. It's not, you know, it's not the world. It's not external circumstances. It's your mind. It's how you mm -hmm. feel about things, you know, and the, you know, the other thing that I love is, you know, journaling is great. And like I said, you know, when you write down goals, they, they come faster. But for me, it's, it's writing down. Okay. So the other day I did this, the life I have. So what is the life I have? And even if I don't necessarily feel like all of these things are the life I have right now and all the feelings I have right now about my life, like I write, instead of saying the life I want or the things I want to get or something like that, or the things I want to earn or, you know, whatever it is, I sit down and write the life I have is. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the things for me. And I think this is where I, this is my, you know, kind of hang up my cynicism about manifesting. It's not about like, oh, I have this amount of money or this car or this house or this job title or whatever it is. But if, if those are your goals, what is it that they represent? You know, so the life I have, I have freedom to spend with the people I love, freedom of time. I have deep connections with the people in my life. I have joy that surrounds me all the time. I have hobbies that are fulfilling. You know, I have incredible people who inspire me. I have mentors who help me grow. You know, whatever, whatever those things are. And, and you sit there and you tell yourself, this is what I have around me. And if you really feel that and really believe it, you'll look around and you'll start noticing where that's true already instead of noticing where it's not true. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a really beautiful process. You know, it's, um, it really ties into kind of like a, a gratitude practice too. I think, you know, it's like at the end of the day, every day, you know, you can look back and you can focus on like, oh man, like these things created a lot of stress for me. These things were really hard. Or you can look back on the day and be like, man, you know, I'm so grateful that this happened or that like, even if all these terrible things happened, like I'm so grateful to put my head on my amazing pillow. I just got this Casper pillow that I'm obsessed with. Like the day, if everything's tough, like, holy crap, man, like <laughs> I really like that pillow. You know? <laughs> you know, and, and you start to realize that you don't actually need that much. No. You're, it, no. Like you go from trying to manifest things that you want to happen in the future to realizing that you already have everything you need and want right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's even if there's nothing else to be grateful for, it's like, I'm grateful for my toes. You know, I'm grateful that I can wake up and that my brain still works every day. You know, I'm grateful that my body carries me through this life. And even if you're sick, it's like, wow, I'm grateful that my body is fighting for me right now. And, you know, what are the, you know, there's always something, you know, Absolutely. I'm grateful for the doctors. I'm grateful for the medicine. You know, I'm grateful for the food that nourishes me. You know, they're, they're just, you know, we're, we're so lucky in Hawaii too. It's like, if you can't find something to be grateful for in Hawaii, then you're doing something wrong. Yes, absolutely. You know, speaking of, of journaling, which I love, that's my favorite tool for this kind of work and also gratitude. My dear friend, Natasha Lindor, who's also an amazing business coach, gave me the five minute journal. Have you mm -hmm. heard of this? No. And 
on the surface, it's one of the most simple but most effective journals I've ever used. I love it so much that when I got to the end of the first one, I bought another one. And then when I got through that one, I bought another one. And I've like just been buying more and more every time I run out. But basically what it is, is every day you open a page that has an inspiring quote at the top, and then it's followed by three questions to answer first thing in the morning and two journaling prompts to reflect on in the evening. So in the morning, you set your intentions for the day and you, know, you do your gratitude practice and you get your mind in a positive space. And then in the evening, you end with gratitude again and ask yourself what you could have done to advance the quality of your day so that you are always consciously pushing yourself to do better. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, gratitude is huge with mindset. I mean, it's like, it seems like such a silly practice, but it really does work. And then with the putting something into your mind before you fall asleep of what you could have done better that day, these things like they get worked out in your brain overnight. You start to wake up with great ideas or solutions to your problems you had the day before in the morning. And, you know, it's like Thomas Jefferson had a quote, never go to sleep without a request to your subconscious. Ooh. Yeah. He believed that if you were stuck on a decision you needed to make, that if you asked for the answer before you went to sleep, then you would have it by the morning. (laughs) That's so great. It's got to be like the ultimate ENTJ or (laughs) number three on the Enneagram or something. (laughs) That's that's so my style. It's a, how can you be productive even while you're asleep? Yes. Oh, me too. Right. Yeah. I'm all about productivity. Yep. But, you know, but I love what I love most about this journal is, you know, it builds consistency with this way of thinking, which rewires your brain from default mode that all humans were born with, which is to think the worst, because yeah. millions of years ago when we were trying to survive saber tooth tiger attacks, this was yeah. possible, but <laughs> it's not now. So it rewires it from thinking the worst automatically to thinking positively and optimistically automatically yeah which is yeah. so much more pleasant and yeah. productive <laughs> yeah way to live <laughs> yep it, it really is it really is you know I, I remember a few years ago and I certainly haven't haven't mastered this but like just being like oh what if you just chose to not worry about that thing you know and it's like oh you can just choose not to be stressed because that's just a that's just a response it's like oh I'm gonna choose to not do that anymore and and then I just stopped and I was like oh <laughs> life is so much better after I make <laughs> you know I know we're so silly sometimes right yeah. like just making ourselves miserable when we can shut it off usually at any moment yeah yeah you know I, th- I think it's like a it's, you know, it's fear is the mind killer. And it's like this fear that if you do anything differently, it's the unknown, right? Like what might happen? So I just like, I really encourage people to think about, okay, what might happen? You know, what might happen if you quit being stressed about whatever thing, or what might happen if you quit freaking out that, that a busser is going to call out for their shift today, what, 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 what's going to happen when they do? Well, is you being stressed going to, going to help that situation? No. Is it going to make another busser come in any faster? No. You know, so how can you really, 
if you're going to feel stress, if you're going to feel negative thoughts, if you're going to feel anxiety, what's the worst that can happen if the thing that you are most stressed and anxious about comes to fruition? And what's the worst that can happen if you choose not to be stressed and anxious about that thing? You know, is the world going to crumble if you quit being stressed? No, it's not. The sun's still going to shine. The birds are still going to chirp. And at the restaurant, 11 o'clock is still going to come, you know? So how can you, how can you just choose to behave differently? How can you choose to bring a different perspective to a, a circumstance that's just not pleasant for you, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, coping skills really come in handy here and having these sort of tools that you can reach for when you, when you are feeling this type of stress, yeah. you know, like having a bunch of those in your, in your back pocket, like, you know, breathing techniques or journaling or going for a long walk or even going for a short walk, but it's yeah. fast, you know, like if you're working, you know, it's like, what can you do to, to calm yourself down and get your mindset back into a more productive space? Totally. And I, you know, I think the first piece is, being aware that you need to do something, right? Yes. So being aware that you need to breathe. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to take, I'm going to take anybody. I don't care how busy you are, unless you've literally got a child on the operating table, you know, doing open heart surgery, you can stop for 10 seconds and take five deep breaths, right? right. Mm -hmm. And probably everything is going to be better, easier, more manageable once you do that. Mm -hmm. So start there, right? But you have to first be aware that you need to start there. You know, it's a know thyself situation. And then where can you go from that point? Right. Sarah, so are there any last nuggets of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? There's been so many, but is there anything that we left out? Oh, man. I would just say, just try believing that you do create your own reality just try on for size that the, the universe is your partner and that it is, that it is here to aid and abet your, your biggest dreams and dreams that you don't, can't even dare to dream for yourself. And just see if you're, um, if you're, see if your life gets any worse by trying that, you know, don't be afraid. <laughs> such good advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure as always. So for our listeners, if you are on Oahu, I encourage you to go check out Monkey Pod Kitchen in Kolina and Moku Kitchen in Kaka'ako. If you're on Kauai, check out the Beach House. And if you're on Maui, you can find Monkey Pod Kitchen in Wailea and Kanapali. And I have just one word for you, which is pie. <laughs> oh. The pie is insane, you guys. And the rest of the food is delicious too. So down there, right, Sarah? It's pretty amazing. I gotta say, I'm I'm awfully biased, but we really do use incredible ingredients and and cook with so much love. So yeah, and and you know the places are great for big groups, families of all ages, date night. You know, like really any kind of scenario that you can think of. Choose your own adventure novel. Totally. <laughs> absolutely, and yeah, and a delicious one at that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'd like to hear from all you listeners out there, so please let me know what you thought of the show and if you have any topics or questions that you'd like me to tackle on the show. The team of Yoga Unplugged and I are here for you, so please let us know. 
And if you'd like to join in on the conversation with us, you can subscribe to our newsletter at yogaunplugged.org. Find us on Facebook at Yoga Unplugged by Jennifer Reuter. Reuter is spelled R-E-U-T-E-R. Or connect with us on Instagram at yoga underscore unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone. Namaste.